Hey everyone, welcome to the Life Unplugged podcast. This is James and Terry Kraft coming to you from sunny Southern California. Are you looking for an opportunity to join the discussion with two people who have traveled the real and vulnerable road of marriage recovery, ministry, family life, and leadership? Well, our hope is for you to journey with us through each episode into a discovery of what it means to live a faith-filled life in an honest, authentic, and unhindered way. So we encourage you to set aside life's distractions and stresses and get comfortable with us as we discuss Life Unplugged. Hi, everyone. This is James and Terry Kraft at the Life Unplugged podcast, and we are excited about being back with everyone today. And uh, we are have been experiencing some tough times, but uh, you know, I'll tell you, it's been kind of an interesting time integrating some of the positives and the negatives as we continue to move forward. But today we have a great podcast and we're calling it help. This quarantine is sucking my soul dry. Uh, maybe many <laughs> of you would recognize or kind of identify with that statement, but it's a reality in our world today. And we have somebody very special to help us with that. <laughs> Absolutely. And who better to talk about the quarantine sucking our soul dry than our dear friend and therapist, uh, Kristen Snowden, who we've had on this podcast before, and we just love her. Um, she's going to be pre- pretty much a regular, but um, we've you've given a little bit of your bio before, and you know, obviously, we'll put your website. But you're an amazing therapist, and you work with all kinds of um, situations and uh, life circumstances in, in individuals and couples' lives. So, who better to talk to this today to us today than you? So, Kristen. Take it away from your home in sunny Southern California. (laughs) Yeah, not quite yet sunny Southern California, but we're hoping one day that the clouds will break free (laughs) Um, and give us a much needed vitamin D. Yes. Um, No, thank you for having me uh, these days. Moments like these, these interviews are highlights of my week, right? Yes. (laughs) The little things now. I was just sharing with um, Terry and James that today it's Saturday. And it's the Snowden, you know, quarantine routine of it's Saturday cleanup day. And if you'd ask my children what that looks like here as we're cleaning the house, they would probably think that the Annie movie of the 1980s, if it's a hard knock life with <laughs> enslaved children scrubbing the floors and screaming while I walk around with a cocktail, you know, emotionally abusing them is probably how they feel like Saturday cleanup it. day goes. But, you know, that's just that everyone has their own reality and yeah, their own right. perspective. I can't help it. Wow. I know. Isn't it funny? Like, it seems like the bar and, you know, you can speak into this, but it's like even for my kids too. I mean, we're, we're pretty, you know, good self-starters and they're exercising regularly and everything. But the bar, it's like, there's just nowhere to go. So it's like, hey, don't be on your media. They're like, I really haven't mom all day long. It's just a few things. But because I have nothing else to do, I've already, I, another movie to um, allude to is the tangled uh, scene where, where she's, um, Rapunzel is going around her apartment or her little, you know, yeah. house. Yeah. Whatever you call Reading it. Reading every book 19 times. Exactly. But... Making cookies, <laughs> baking, painting, you know, everything. And you're like, I've done it all. And it's only one o'clock. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think our kids have read through like four or five books each, you know, and I'm like, really good. Good job. Well, what do I do next, Dad? I don't know what to do next. Good job. Keep on doing that. We're like, we're trying to work right now. 
Yeah. That is the key. Well, Chris, it's, it's crazy right now because honestly, with people with kids, it is crazy because if you're home working, I just got off a, a, a coaching call with a client that said, we we gave up. We just took all of our stuff back to the office because we can't do it at home. We can't integrate that because the kids will just walk in. And even though they're respectful kids, it's just very difficult and you start to lose your 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 uh, cool after a while because it's not because your family's bad it's our environment it's changed and it's kind of creating some a sense of uh, kind of agitation in people's lives have you been seeing that as well or have you been Absolutely. experiencing that <laughs> i mean the, experiencing it yes but now i have a language for it so it's not yeah. so subconscious or unconscious anymore that is what i am trying to tell clients and everyone right now is i want everyone to respect the fact that we are in a heightened threat state. Mm -hmm. We are all in a state of physiologically, neurobiologically being threatened, whether we want it to be that way or not, or whether we want to acknowledge it in our conscious level or not, our body is constantly being in a state of trauma and threat right now for the following reasons. I mean, the way that all the science and, and trauma experts define the elements that create trauma we meet all of those brackets. So right now it's trauma is anything that catches us off guard. Our body loves predictability. Mm -hmm. We find safety in knowing what's coming up next. We love routine. Anything that's outside of that gives us already a, a underlying like feeling of this isn't okay, pay attention, heightened threat. And so right now we are completely off guard. This is completely unprecedented. And nothing has prepared us for this. So that's the other thing is that there's a feeling of immobility or helplessness that these yeah. things that are happening to us, at us, are out of our control. There's really not many things that we can do to fix the situation. It's way bigger. We're talking global levels and right. on multifacets of financial, economic, health, bodily harm, um, et cetera. And so, and then the other two pieces are um, feelings of disconnection where oftentimes when um, trauma happens to us, we'll feel disconnected from our mind and body because of the uh, threat response. But literally in these examples, we are literally disconnected from society. We are yeah. told that another human body is a, a physical threat, a potential wow. threat to us. So we're when we're leaving the threshold of our home, we are in a heightened state of threat and humans are the problem. Yeah, And so that's a literal disconnection from um, our mind and body and then other humans. Well, we can see and that. Another... I just interrupt you. I can go see ahead. that even as we go to the grocery store. It's like Absolutely. everybody has a mask on. Everybody's separated. You know, even when you go to the cash register, or, you know, the, the person who's your cash register, right? Or whatever it is. The, mm -hmm. whatever. They have this big old plastic shield separating you now. So there, there's no interaction. You know, it's like you keep your distance away because you're a threat. And that's what it, yeah. I mean, you feel that coming, going in and coming out. That, wow. That's a huge piece that we can talk about more about the neurobiology of how that impacts us. But the other big piece um, that's happening here that's very traumatizing for people is the threat or, or the loss of time. Mm. Um, when people are, as we know, we're talking a lot of people in these podcasts are struggling through marital crises right? and they've just uncovered something damaging and devastating and they're crying regularly and they're not sure where their marriage is going. And we know that when you're in those trenches, you see no silver lining. Yeah. You see no, like, I'm going to cry like this every day. I don't know if I'm ever going to love this person again. 
right? So we know loss of time. We know loss of perspective of when is this ever going to get better? I don't, I have hopelessness about when it will. And this moment, this type of threat, this coronavirus, COVID quarantine, there's literal loss of time, meaning there's uncertainty about how long this is going to last us. So we can't even wrap our brain around, okay, well, I just need to endure this for, you know, I just had knee surgery and I know I'll be up and moving again in six months. Uh Uh-uh. It's a unknown, unforeseen, uncertain state. And these are all constantly poking at our neurobiology, telling us this is bad. This is bad. You need to watch out, be hypervigilant. What can you do? And that messes with us. That yeah. messes with our entire functioning in our bodies. Wow. Yeah. That sucks wow. our soul dry. It does suck our soul dry. <laughs> it sucks, <laughs> literally sucks our physiology, yeah. our capacity to cope, everything. Yeah, it and sure it's not does. said, I'm not saying this in a way to like kind of set up a doomsday scenario. It's no. actually supposed to be said in a way that's supposed to empower you. Mm-hmm. Because when you find yourself yelling at these kids, or repeating for the 20th time something that you swear you've said already yeah. over and over, or you can't hold on to information, or you keep doing these um, errors all over the place. It's a language that can help you understand, you know what, your body is in a place where just everyday things are not able to function in a normal way. You're not yeah. in a normal functioning state of your body. And it's so you can give yourself grace and give other people grace in these moments. That's wow. good. That's you really know, the good. other night uh, I was, because everybody's looking to the news for the next hope of, is something going to break? Is something going to give it? I mean, even our trails in this area aren't open. Yeah, can we please just go to the beach? Yeah. Can we go to the beach? Can we go on a trail on a hike? Can we get outside and do something fun? And so you're always looking to the news to see what's the update. But then when you look at the news, your stress level goes higher because you find out, well, there's even more restrictions or even stupid things happening or people doing things that you're thinking, what are you doing? You know, the other night I read the news before I went to sleep. I don't normally do that. Well, at two o'clock in the morning, I woke up and I felt kind of this anxiousness. I couldn't settle down because I started thinking about what I just read a few hours earlier and it impacted my sleep. Well, the next morning I woke up tired and I was fatigued. I was like, I can't even barely keep my eyes open. That's that's not a good place to be. No, it's not. But I'm not reading the news anymore at night. (laughs) So (laughs) do not. It's a tough, it's it's a happy medium. It's realizing that news is partly existing to inform us Absolutely. and God bless a free press environment. Like I'm grateful for that in, in days like these, right? Mm-hmm. We see how other areas of this world are handling this and you thank God for our democracy and free That's press right. system. However, you also have to know it's a capitalist model and it only succeeds when it grabs you, <laughs> entices you yep. and pulls you in. Yeah. And so it wants to ignite that threat zone. You know, yeah. all you have to do is create a sense of scarcity and fear. And I got you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I know you're coming back. And most of those models know that as well. Yeah. So you have to kind of remember that, have a happy medium between the two. Yeah. I love that you said threat zone. That really stuck out to me. What do you mean by that? that just the constant state of threat. Yeah. That, just that zone. So that are you talking, is it, is that like just ourselves? Is that our, is that mm-hmm. kind of our, our life, our family? You know, I just, I like how that, the way right. you worded that. 
Yeah, well, um, there's this thing called the polyvagal theory with uh, Dr. Stephen Porges, if anyone hearing this really likes to geek out into neurobiology to really have a language for it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I work with addicts, it's really helpful for them to understand what's going on inside them when they're grabbing at those really unhealthy coping skills to get through this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's basically words that I use to describe these states that our neurobiology goes into, you know, it's unconscious, involuntary, we don't ask for it. But um, he uses this really great term called neuroception, where it's this perception in our neurobiology, this, this system that is involuntary, that's meant to just keep us alive. It is in service of our survival and only our survival. Mm. Our prefrontal cortex, our best thinking that, you know, big piece of brain in the front of our head that makes us an advanced species. They are two separate things. We have the neuroception lizard brain that's meant to keep us alive. And then we have that prefrontal cortex that's meant for rational thinking, um, assessing decisions based on consequences, making the next best choice, um, judgment, impulse control, et cetera. They run on two separate systems. And the neuro, the um, threat zone, you know, the the polyvagal system is highly more highly efficient. So we'll run on very little oxygen, very little blood supply, and you have to work extra hard to keep that executive functioning going. Mm. And so it's always acknowledging that 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 threat system is going to always trump my executive functioning skills. And if I appreciate that, that they're two very different things. A lot of unhealthy behaviors happen when we think they're one and the same. Hmm. And and they're not just separate. Neuroception is different from perception, your perception on life, your thoughts about things. Um, And a lot of erroneous bad behaviors occur when we mix them together and think that they're the same input of information. And they are not. Wow. 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 Really good. So we're seeing then a lot of the, the, the lizard brain come out. I mean, let's be honest. You know, I know James and I have had a, um, an uptick. In- we have not. Have we done Oh, that? wait. I was talking about our clients. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our clients. Those are our clients. Yeah. Did you hear that? <laughs> okay. Well, it might be Sorry, true. Freudian slip. <laughs> Okay, so an uptick in our own personal journey, right? Of course. And even with people calling in saying, wow, you know what? We need some coaching right now. So, um, I mean, really, honestly, so that part of our brain is is connect, connected with this, right. this vigilance that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. What do we do and you're, So therefore, in one, because one will take over okay. the threat zone, which is currently all the time right now because we're in those states, right. the the constant influx of information is is being picked up and filtered and interpreted as this is dangerous okay. because it literally is. I mean, it is, it is in service our, of our survival and we're grateful for it. We don't want it to shut down. It's mm-hmm. going to keep us safe, Yeah. but we have to create a happy medium by having that system going and realizing we also have an executive system that's meant to help us make better decisions based on that filtered information. Okay. So that's going to help us, um, regulate what is the next best decision? What is a healthier coping skill to manage? Because right now I just want to pull out the alcohol or the pornography or flirt with the person on social media or rage at my children to manage this 
lack of control in okay. life. Yeah. Um, but I have choices. It doesn't have to be that way. I don't mm. have to go have those immediate go-to coping skills. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Have you found, I mean, obviously you're so good. I love you, your, your, your practical application to things. How, what, what have you found um, in your research or, or what's working for your uh, clients? What are some things that might help that part of our brain or even the integration of the two at this point in time? There's a lot of science that is backing up. And again, if you love this t- topic matter, there's like Bessel van der Kolk's information mm-hmm. again, Stephen Forges. Um, but there's a couple things. So let, let me just say is that um, some of the things is the fight to stay conscious, mm-hmm. right? So fight to turn on that executive functioning. Mm-hmm. So you'll, your urge will be to use your old default behaviors to manage this. So yeah. emotional instability and all your other poor coping skills that got us all here in the first place. Um, and then the secondary one is a lot of deep breathing exercises, um, yoga or any kind of mind body connectivity. So movement, dancing, singing, music, methodical things mm-hmm. help bring your um, neurobiology into a more rhythmic system. Um, humans, we have superpowers yeah. and we use them for good or evil. But I have a superpower, like right now we're in eye contact, we're seeing each other, we're talking about something engaged. If you were going to take all of our heart rates and uh, measure our stress hormones, they'd all probably be very similar because we're engaged, we're present, we're talking, you and I, I see you, I'm reading your social cues, I'm looking at your face expressions, and that's giving me um, messages of safety, Yeah, that I know you, you're predictable, this is okay, I'm safe. And so we either use each other in a healthy co-regulation kind of way, or we create more dysregulation. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And we can also dysregulate ourselves further with that whole shame vortex. Right. When you start questioning your, you know, so you come out and you're in a state of discount. You just looked at your bank account. It's dwindling. You haven't gotten your stimulus check. You're worried about how you're going to pay the bills and how long this is going to go on. And you come out and you rage at your children for not doing the chores that you gave them. You have two options at that point. You can say, you know what? I'm in a heightened state. This, you know, this wasn't okay. I need to hold myself accountable. Tell the kids, you know what? I'm sorry. That wasn't okay. I'd like you to do your chores and I'd like you to be more responsible. But the way I spoke to you is completely unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Or I could choose not and I could suck myself into a shame vortex and say, wow, you're losing it. Not only you have no money, you don't know where this is going, but you're turning your, you're completely insane. Who's going to love this? Mm. Everyone's going to hate you at the end of this. And that's the end of the story. And then that goes into a darker vortex. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And we have nowhere to go. So that's, you know, a lot of people call us, they're like, I can't even, you know, I could get some space before, but now I can't even get space when some of these things go off in my life and maybe with my spouse and my children as well. Yeah. You know, Chris, we read an article this week from uh, Kurt Thompson. He's an MD, and he wrote an article about uh, the body, uh, body at work, and because he was identifying this whole Zoom, you know, phenomenon that's taken place because Zoom has taken over our world. Uh, wouldn't you love to have stock in that uh, company right now? And so, but it's what it's done is replaced our physical relationships, you know, of having connection. And they're saying that people are ending their days more exhausted nowadays now mm-hmm. than they did before mm-hmm. because our brain is working twice as hard to have you know relationship on on media with one another. And so we were created to have that real connection with human beings. And so when we lack that, or if we're in a home where there's trauma, 
you know, so let's, right. you're avoiding that, you know, people are, are really dealing with that high heightened state of trauma in their life and that, that urgency of how do I survive, you know, in that sense. And I thought it was really interesting because I'm on zoom sometimes eight, nine, 10 hours a day, you know, if I have, on the longer days and I'm exhausted. I remember one day, Terry, I told, I texted her at my last meeting. I said, I think I'm going to throw up right now. I was physically exhausted and it wasn't because it was people. It was how I was interacting with people. It's changed the way we are doing things. Mm-hmm. Our kids are doing it. So they're in school this mm-hmm. way. Our clients, our, our relation, people are having a happy hour with each other this way, which is great. It's a good substitute, you know, but it doesn't replace the real thing. Have you been seeing the same exactly. thing? It is the best that we can do uh, with what we're given. And so I am always like, great, I'm glad 12 step meetings are still available. Um, you know, I do that sex and relationship healing.com and all this stuff is uh, remotely accessible, which is great. But yes, there is so much research about how much our bodies are meant to be picking up rhythms and connectivity. And we release hormones and chemistry based on our connection with other people. I mean, we have um, little systems in our eye muscles that are supposed to kind of uh, focus in on other people's body language and hear their tone of voice. And that all gives us feedback about what's safe and what's okay and what's not. This all happens unconsciously yeah. and we don't even know it. And we are all missing out on, especially walking around with masks. Oh. You don't get to see someone's face. No. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. what are some ways that you have found that help people to bring things to the conscious place? Um, you know, techniques or, or, you know, things that have worked for your clients. Um, so first it's the language, right? Okay. So I think the key part is the awareness is yeah. being able to separate. This is my neuroception. This is what my physiology and neurobiology is telling me. And it is not what my perception is. It's not what the reality is. It's not what's going on. So really that can be empowering to know that they're two separate things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other things are, is, so once you know that, right? So once you feel that kind of heightened, the way I usually know I'm in a state of threat is um, I'll feel a heightened kind of like a high of um, do something, do something like an irritated, like poking of uh-huh. do this, get up, get up, get up, do this and thoughts spinning. So that'll make me kind of backtrack and, and I'll need to stop and realize, okay, what, what are the thoughts going on? What did I see? What am I feeling? Um, I always put things through the congruency um, filter of, of are the behaviors that I want to engage in or have engagement engaged in congruent to my values and my goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's, it's, going back to the core requirements is I'm not going to find feel safe until I create some level of predictability and normalcy into my life. So I need to quickly determine what is controllable at this time and where I can carve out some levels of normalcy of things to look forward to and be excited about. So make that impending um, happy hour appointment where you're yeah. looking forward to seeing your friends or force yourself to do it, even though you don't really want to um, do those workout classes, even though you don't want to um, do the yoga, the deep breathing, the dance, the go out outside for the walks. Um, do when you try to have conversations with you, the people in your quarantining environment, do the face to face eye contact, the touching, the hugging, those send out chemicals of like, I'm safe, I'm okay, um, I need extra of it. 
they need extra of it. Um, things like that, be explicit, even like a healthy relationship should never have mind reading, but ever, if there was ever a time to really emphasize that it would be now Yeah. because our ability to take in information and filter it in this heightened state is even more deficited. So you have to be explicit. I need alone time. I need to walk into this room and have about an hour of quiet time. Mom, I need you to let me have my iPad for like 40 minutes and just not ask me to do any more chores or homework. I need, you know, you to hug me. I need to sit down on a couch and watch some TV. Explicit. Do not assume any mind reading in any way. Okay. That is really good. That is really good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I laugh because last night we, um, just for, I don't know, fun's sake, we decided let's do karaoke. Well, we were going to watch the new Star Wars. And then all of a sudden we're like, eh, we're not into we're it right done. now. We're done watching. Let's act stupid tonight and have fun. And it was a blast dance we around We were singing. like going for it it was this it was so much fun something that we probably never would have done otherwise you know but we stopped and said let's have some fun we laughed we need to laugh we felt so much better yeah you know and and i think on a normal daily basis we would just wouldn't have time for that even you know unless you set aside the time but when you said music and dancing i thought wow we did that and it really did work it kind of made us feel connected in, in a new way you know, based upon our current situation, even though we were all stuck in the room together, which has been sometimes an issue, like we're all together all the time, but this felt different. It felt connective. It felt light. It was sound. It sounds like our neurochemistry was really liking it. Yeah. You were using your co-regulation skills for good. That's right. And singing YMCA (laughs) at the top of our lungs. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, we have video of it, so we might post that as well. (laughs) Right. And we know too, um, like practicing empathy and compassion, being service to others, gratitude, those also also alter chemistry, right? So going through that pantry and and grabbing food that is extra food and dropping it off at um, food donation places or sending money to a good cause if and when you can, um, or being of service to a neighbor who maybe can't shop or, or someone who's quarantined and perspective taking right gratitude lists. Yeah. You know, I, I was, I think talking to a, a coworker, she's autoimmune compromised. And I was kind of like, Oh, these kids are driving me crazy. I have three and a half year olds stuck in my soul dry. Um, and she's like, Kristen, I'm quarantined and alone. Mm. Like I'm, and I'm really struggling. I'm like, mm. you are absolutely right. Like, I think if I had to choose between being completely and utterly in solitude or, or grappling with the struggle of a three-year-old, like, Thank you. Perspective taken. Like, I appreciate you. And there's just moment, right? And I wouldn't have gotten that if I'm alone and isolated in my own dark thoughts and my own madness, I'm not going to have perspective moments like that, which is why you have to have that higher power, that quiet time with the higher power. That's right. Or talking to people and having those support systems and hearing other people's stories and engaging because that's where the perspective taking happens. That's where the gratitude happens. That's where my heart softens. And that's where I get up the energy to go another day. That's good. Mm, that's, that's really good. That is. It's really helpful. Well, our, our world is changing, you know, and I think honestly, if we can be honest with ourselves, it's not going to go back the way it was. It's going to go back different 
you know, it's going to look different as we move back, you know, even to some normalcy. And so to be able to be okay with that and be able to be understand, to understand that, Hey, we're going to have to continue to be flexible here because we don't know what normal looks like. Uh, because I don't think we're going to experience any kind of normalcy, uh, in any time in the near future. So one is, is being able to understand I'm going to need help through that. I'm going to mm-hmm. have to have allow other people speak into that. And I think it's important for people to be okay that they're going to allow others to speak into it. Maybe have therapy sessions where they're going to go see a counselor or have a coach that they're going to have in, in their lives right now that they can help them through those next steps. Because I think it's going to be something that's going to be evident in the change of people's lives right now. I mean, I know you're seeing that with the clients you're working with. You can't, I mean, right now, I guess maybe I might be searching for evidence of this, but if I had to theorize, I and they're showing it in other countries that were locked down sooner than we were, that divorce rates are going up, domestic violence rates are going up. There's no doubt there's a ton of evidence that alcohol sales are shooting through the freaking roof. Yeah. And I, I bet if, if, Apple was releasing data of how much time we're spending on social media or Google. I know someone else sent me a chart on how much um, pornography searches are shooting through the roof. Even more so because we already know it's extremely prevalent. And so we all know that these things cause relationships who are already in a state of struggle, who where we're already in a state of threat. This does not improve the dynamics. Right. It it hurts and harms them. Yeah. And so we know by looking at this information where the trajectory could potentially go. Yeah. And you either take that information and you see the writing on the wall and you pull it back and you bring in people who can help you, who can talk about this and help improve your skills and your tools, or you let that trajectory keep going off into the place that we know where this is all headed. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. That's when great. when is it when when is a good time to say, hey, I do need help? I mean, what's the what is a, a, a threshold? Well, we know right from our master's degree program that <laughs> the only way you can define something as psychologically pathological is when it's not working for you anymore. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So my depression is just my depression until it starts getting in the way of the rest of my life. Exactly. Or my anxiety is my anxiety until or my drinkings until it starts getting in the way mm-hmm. of my relationships and other people and stuff like that. Yeah. And so that is when is when you are finding yourself that um I, my coping skills are drying out. I don't feel like I can function. People are giving me feedback that this isn't working. And that, um, I mean, any state, who, who yeah. am I to tell you what's the measurement for not working? Absolutely. Well, and I think that's so good because I know that for, for us, you know, and, and our ongoing and, and you as well, I mean, we, we actually, you know, share clients back and forth and, and, and we have some wonderful people that we work with, um, our adage to people is don't do what we did and don't do something. I mean, we just kind of left our life go because we thought that our coping skills, um, our, you know, uh, abilities could, could manage some of those things. And so we, we usually tell people if it's getting to the point at all where you're struggling, reach out. I mean, it, it's wonderful to walk alongside of somebody either in a therapeutic or a coaching relationship. And, and you get such, you know, wonderful, just life Mm -hmm. and transformational potential in that, in those environments. So yeah, we encourage that. 
Well, Kristen, thank you so much for being with us. Every time you come, it's like, all right, bring the energy in. Here comes Kristen. I yes. love it. And I love it because you are passionate. And uh, can you do me a favor? Can you let everybody know where they can actually find more information about you or connect with you? What's your website that they can go to? Can you kind of just... Sure. I have a website. It's uh, Kristen Snowden, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, two eyes, Snowden. Um, and then I'm Kristen Snowden, M-F-T at Gmail. And I also have a YouTube channel with a ton of resources and information, but yeah. a lot of blog articles, et cetera, on these topics. Good. And we're going to list all that in the below so you can actually connect with Kristen. And don't forget, it's two eyes. Uh, I will never make that mistake again. And so <laughs> <laughs> I did once and she corrected me. Uh, and so I will never do that again. No, but Kristen, it is so good having you here. Um, I know we're going to have you back because we always do. And I love it. And every time we do. Yeah, we actually have a, a series that we are are finishing off with her, which probably within the next month or two here uh, on but COVID kind of interrupted that. Yeah. So. <laughs> we're going to be doing it on, on betrayal trauma. We're doing that a lot. Yeah. Some good yeah. stuff there. So, so I can't wait. Thank you so much. It's so good to have you here. And so anybody else, or everybody else is listening right now, you can go to our website at uh, livelifeunplugged.org. There's great information there for you, your marriages, your families, and uh, you can connect with us directly there. Um, but we are so thankful that each of you are listening today, and we'll be back next week. Uh, we are wanting to just give you free information and just a dialogue that can help you take those next steps in where your journey is today. So we are thankful that you joined us today at the Life Unplugged podcast, and we'll see you next week. If you would like to hear more from James and Terry, subscribe to this channel and check out their website at jamesandterrycraft.com or visit livelifeunplugged.org or you can find them on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. This podcast is made possible by the generous partnership of Rasa Flooring, Miller Waldrop Furniture, Kingdom Works, and Embassy City Church. To support this podcast, please visit livelifeunplugged.org and donate today.